You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He's Jody Mack, and he's diplomatic. If you agree with me, it doesn't mean we're right. If you disagree with me, it doesn't mean you're right and I'm wrong, because it is pretty subjective. He's opinionated. It was boring as all get out. As yeah, they slowly what? matriculate the ball down the field. And watch the clock go tick, 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 tick. No, that's not exciting. He's humble. I'm not trying to injure myself patting myself on the back here. And his job is simple. I talk about sports. This is the Jody Mack Show. Here's Jody Mack. Hour number two of our four-hour get-together here on a Saturday night on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. All right, uh, NBA Game 5. Milwaukee up 12 with nine minutes to play. Um, I thought that Phoenix was going to cruise in this one from uh, before the game started to when they built up a 16-point lead in the first quarter. But the Bucks have been stone-cold dominant since. Um, got a chance to win the first road game of the NBA final. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the game for you. But in the meantime and in between, I, I do, do want to talk a little baseball. Uh, since last we spoke last weekend, All-Star game, home run derby, start of the second half. Uh, COVID issues on a couple teams. I want to get to all of that with my next guest. Uh, he's been covering all of Major League Baseball for years. Uh, did it for the Daily News forever, and now he's doing it for SNY TV in New York. Uh, John Harper jumps aboard with me here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Harps? Good, Jody. How you doing? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. Um, let's start with a heavy topic because I did discuss it in the first hour of my show. Um, Yankees are playing the Red Sox tonight. It was 1-1 the last time I looked. Uh, they lost last night, uh, got three hits, uh, got shut out 4 nothing, And they're down a whole bunch of their best players. Aaron Judge, uh, Gio Urshela, three of their better pitchers, not maybe their big-name pitchers, but guys who had actually been throwing well for them. And they were all in COVID protocol, ranging from positive tests to contract tape, tracing and the like. And the Yankees started a lineup last night, and I was on the fan after the game. Uh, and I had to admit, there were guys that I did not know. Prior to the start of the game, I did not know that that was uh, the case, that they were even New York Yankee property. Why we still have guys that haven't gotten the vaccine? I I know it's their personal choice, but is there something that I'm missing uh, when it's there's enough scientific evidence that the vaccine helps and works for most people? 
why are we still seeing teams having to play handicap? Because someone gets too close to someone who had it, and before you know it, they can't play, and uh, the team is competing with their B squad, if not their C squad. Question, Jody, because uh, they can't uh, they can't force the players to get it. Uh, they they uh, people I've talked to say they've encouraged them. The Yankees actually have, are, are above that eighty five percent that baseball has designated to you know as far as wearing masks things like that. The Mets were not the last time I checked. I think I don't I still don't think they are, and uh, you know they it, it's frustrating them because they you know they, they tried to convince players, but some players. Hey, listen. You, it's it's still I guess a, it's still a political issue I guess for some people I don't I don't understand it myself but uh, apparently well I don't know I don't know for sure but there's a lot of speculation Aaron Judge was not vaccinated um, and that's why there was a lot of cause for concern about the the All Star game things like that so yeah I don't know uh, I guess that it comes maybe that comes down to kind of where we are as a country right now more than anything. Right, and I, it just kills me that this is, it, it, it's science. And I know different political sides have taken different stances on it, but I think you need to make your decision based on science, not based on uh, what, what, what guidance you're getting from your political party, which bothers me no end. Um, Yankees are up 3-1, as a matter of fact. In a rain delay, it's been nasty. John's a <laughs> New York guy like me. Uh, up and down the East Coast. I'm over here in Jersey. I got thunder t- tornado warnings where I'm at. I Hopefully I stay on all four hours of my show tonight, but you don't know. Um, so the Yankees yeah, they, are in a rain. They held, but... that game up. they held that game up an hour, and it didn't rain during that hour. Started it an hour late, and now the rain has come. <laughs> so now they're in a rain delay, and I think with the seventh inning or whatever it is. So yeah. it's and, uh, tricky. These teams have gotten more into the idea of trying to uh, forecast these games and hold off starting, especially I'm sure the Yankees, they didn't want to start with Garrett Cole in the mound and have to pull him off in the second inning. So that probably had something to do with it. Uh, but now they're stuck in a rain delay after they took the lead. Uh, the other New York team, which I know you keep a close eye on, took a brutal loss tonight. Oh, uh, Mets had a big lead, and their two big relievers – Seth Lugo in the eighth inning got smacked around, and then Edwin Diaz in the ninth inning blew a uh, lead and ended up taking a loss. The Mets lose 9-7 to the uh, Pirates, and I've been talking to New York fans the last four or five days, and a lot of Mets fans were, hey, we're not that good. I know we're ahead, we're in first place, but we don't have clutch players after our uh, first couple starters and DeGrom's hurt. We need more pitching. I'm going, man, you guys complain a lot for being a first place. <laughs> team, but tonight's game makes me think that maybe the Met fans are onto something that they just happen to be lucky that they're in the NL East, and that's the only reason why they're in first place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that record wouldn't be in first place in any other division that they have. Uh, I think it's only now five over five hundred. Yeah, uh, Diaz. I, you know, he's had a pretty good year, but I still have a hard time trusting him. He comes out and hits the first guy, the first pitch of his outing, hits the guy and starts everything off that way. He still doesn't know where it's going half the time because his mechanics are can get out of whack so so fast. But they got issues. Degrom now forearm tightness, that's not good. Lindor on the IL with a, a, an oblique injury, uh, and yeah, they have they haven't hit in the clutch much much at all this year. They got a couple of home runs from JD Davis, who's just back from the, from a long stint on the IL tonight, and still can't win the game. So. 
they really are lucky that there's nobody in that division though putting any pressure on them. I mean, I, I, there's nobody over 500. I think the Phillies were 500 going into tonight. I don't know what they did, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I have a feeling they'll they'll make some moves at the deadline because you know I think Steve Cohen wants to win. He, he sees that division is there for him, but this team has has some issues they need to address for sure. The Phillies, by the way, uh, blew a two-run lead in the ninth inning. Game went into extra innings, and they're under that same downpour that the Yankees were under, so the game has been suspended. They're going to pick it up in the tenth inning tomorrow before uh, the regularly scheduled uh, game between themselves and the Marlins. All right, uh, we're about – we're under two weeks now. Um before the MLB trade deadline. It's the 30th, and we're up to the 17th now. And, John, I had a better grasp of who I thought were going to be buyers and sellers a week ago. Now I'm not so sure because we've seen a couple of good teams struggle, a couple of bad teams win some games. We did see Jack Peterson get moved, um, which I'll give the Braves credit. Even though they lost to Cunha, they decided they were going to still continue to try and make a move because, yeah, they see that division and go, we don't have to be great. We just got to be better than we've been to this point. Um, how busy a trade line do you think it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be busy, uh, but I think, yeah, some, there's some, for some of these teams, it's going to come down to yeah, right, you know, the last few days before there's a definite decision. I mean, even the Yankees, I mean, <laughs> they could, they, they don't really, I don't see them really having a shot to win the division the way things are going. I guess they can hang around the wild card, but they could just as easily be sellers the way they've been playing. And uh, it looks like, yeah, the Cubs, it looks like they're sellers for sure, and they have a lot to sell. So I think they're going to be very active. A lot of teams interested in Chris Bryant, uh, maybe Kimbrel as well. And uh, as always, always at the deadline, pitching is going to be in demand. So there, there's some guys out there from other teams that maybe Gibson from the Rangers. Maybe they, I, I know there's reports today the Twins wouldn't necessarily trade uh, Barrios. But there's some good pitchers that are going to be out there. So I think there's going to be a lot of activity going into that deadline. Cole Hamels worked out for upwards of 20 teams yesterday, uh, individual workout down in uh, Texas. Uh, heard that he threw uh, about 88 miles an hour with his fastball. Touched 90, but mostly sat at 88. And his uh, off-speed stuff had movement, but he didn't necessarily throw it for strikes. As you mentioned, teams need piss- pitching. It's a foregone conclusion that Cole Hamels is going to get a deal and join a team here in the next week or so, you think? As long as he proves he's healthy, I think so. Somebody will give him a deal. He's not a guy you would think of as a real difference maker at this point. But some teams, uh, and the Mets are one of them, just looking for depth and back-end starters. You know, and a lot of teams are, are still not sure going down the stretch You know how, what the ramifications from last year and how it's going to all play out. That, you know, these guys threw so few innings last year that they're still worried about guys getting through the year. So I think they're looking for any kind of pitching. It tells you that 20 teams are watching Cole Hamels because he's been hurt the last couple of years. He's an older guy, and as you said, not a lot of velocity anymore. But he might be crafty enough still to be a guy you could uh, have in your rotation and, and, and try and uh, get get some use out of him that way. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure somebody will sign him as long as he proves he's healthy. John Harper from SNY TV, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, John, I, I know I haven't had you on since um, the uh, hard hammer came down and Major League Baseball got its umpires checking pitchers every half inning to see if they had any extra substance on either their gloves and or their hats. 
they've only found one guy guilty. And it took him about two and a half weeks to actually uphold the suspension. He's been pitching the entire time, Marco Gonzalez. And finally, they upheld it just the other day, even though he got caught way back in June. Did baseball achieve what it wanted to achieve with how they handled this entire situation? Yeah, I think they did, uh, Jody. It looks like it. Uh, you know, statistically, offense is, is uh, up a little bit since all this stuff started, even the talk of the crackdown. Uh, not that much, but you have, it, it certainly seems to have affected some pitchers. Garrett Cole was one, but although he's pitched well, uh, he, you know, he had that 129-pitch outing, uh, complete game shutout against the Astros, and then he, he pitched well tonight against the Red Sox. But it definitely – and he's a guy who basically admitted he was using it uh, in so many words. So I think you, you're seeing some effect for sure. Uh, and, and, yeah, I, the fact that nobody's gotten caught tells you – because – just from talking to people around the game, I mean, they were convinced that, you know, uh, probably over 50% of pitchers were using this, this stuff to the point where they were seeing, some people were seeing kind of the spin and, and uh, the break on breaking pitches that they'd never seen before. So, and uh, they did, you know, I, I know you can definitely debate whether it was the right thing to do during the middle of the season, but they did send out that basically a warning in spring training saying they were going to be. Uh, collecting baseballs and taking a look at this stuff. And so they, they did tell pitchers this could be coming if they found what they uh, that, that pitchers were abusing the, the sticky stuff. So I think, uh, if, if you know, if we see a, a significant improvement in offense, I think it helps the game because that's where we're at in baseball. The baseball needs more offense and Agreed. more balls put in play, not just, you know, not just necessarily home runs, but more balls put in play. Certainly agree with you on that front. Uh, here's in kind of what the wall theory, um, and and fifty percent is the number that was thrown out there as an approximation. How many were doing something to increase their grip on the baseball? And some may have used it blatantly in their gloves, and other may have just uh, geared up with it during the uh, half inning in the in the, the dugout. Um, we don't know. Uh, you'd have to go to each individual pitcher and get them to, to be real honest with you to find out what the real numbers are. But do you think some guys used it and it was almost like a placebo that they believed their grip was better and they may have used it between innings and went out and thought that their grips were better. And unless you've got the exact spin ratio, uh, spin ratio data, uh, you might not be able to tell the difference do you think it got to that level and when baseball was able to take it out by the 10-game suspension threat, the pitchers just realized, you know, I'm spinning the ball okay. I'm okay. I, I talked myself into this stuff. Actually helped me more than maybe it did because some guys are pitching just fine without it. It could be, but, there's, you know, they do measure this stuff right down to the la- very a- absolute last spin rate now. So every pitcher now, is looking at this stuff and seeing what their spin rates are. So I think, I think, uh, I mean, it could always be a psychological effect, but I do think that they knew exactly what they were doing because they, they look at this stuff every time they pitch now to see what their spin rates are with and without whoever was using, whoever wasn't. Uh, but they know, and teams know, everybody knows. It's, it's actually, uh, you can, you can look it up public, the public can look it up. So, um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I'm sure, there's a benefit there, just like there was back in back in the steroid era with with hitters who were using that stuff and maybe needed it as much psychologically as anything else. But uh, that's always an issue because confidence is such a you know at the big league level it's such a fleeting thing and it's so important to these guys that uh, it could be 
that could be part of it for sure. John, I uh, went off on a rant last week, and maybe I overdid it, but I'm going to run it by you to find out if I did or didn't. I kind of called two of the best players in Major League Baseball on the carpet, and that would be the two juniors, Fernando Tatis and Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is uh, flirting with a triple crown in the American League. He's got to catch Otani with homers, but he's got the batting average lead and the RBI lead right now. And I thought both would have been well advised to be in the home run derby. They're two of the young up-and-coming stars of the game. I think it's a fun night, and it's kind of baseball front and center, and it's different, and it's you being able to showcase your own talents and skills. And I can't believe that these guys don't want to participate in something like this since everybody's looking to increase their own brand awareness these days. What's better than being part of the Home Run Derby uh, now, Pete Alonso won again, and God bless him. He's great for that event. He's he's just built for the home run derby. But I would have liked to see him compete against Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis. Did these guys miss out on an opportunity for themselves and the game of baseball, or am I just an old man who's <laughs> screaming, get off my lawn? I know. For the game of baseball, I think for sure. Because, uh, I mean, everybody should uh, approach it the way Otani did. He just had a lot of fun with it. He lo- he really looked forward to it, and that's the guy I think everybody wanted to see more than anybody. And uh, for one, for once, baseball got it right too. They they, they do a lot of things wrong, including all star uniforms. But the fact that they let Otani pitch and change the DH rule, they actually did something right, so he could be, be both. But uh, to your point. Uh, I, I sort of understand these guys because I do think sometimes these guys get it in their heads that if they, you know, these these home run derbies can somehow affect affect their strokes. I mean, I don't I don't put a lot of significance in it because most of these guys are trying to hit home runs during batting practice every day anywhere, at least part of their home a part of their batting practice. So that might, that might be more of a mental thing than anything. But I, I can't imagine any other reason they wouldn't do it because. Uh, Guerrero did it last or two years ago, and he put on a show uh, with Alonso in that one round. And uh, and I think Tatis is the one guy now that everybody was def- definitely wants to see. So for the game, I think for sure. I mean, and that's where that's where baseball sometimes misses out. But I, I guess you could say the NBA has the same problem with the slam dunk or has had over the years. But sometimes you need to get these guys to do what's best for the game. And not just for themselves, and I think that's uh, that's a problem. I mean, even even you know, to the point of Degrom, you know, he probably should have showed up there just because he's the best pitcher in the game, even if he wasn't going to pitch. Things like that. And oh, by the way, Otani competed in the home run derby, lost in the first round. Did it take any luster off what he did the next day by being both the DH leading off and being the starting pitcher? Absolutely not. So it, uh, the whole, oh, wow, if you lose, it looks real bad. It ends up hurting you. Didn't hurt Otani You think that's what it was? You think, you think that? I don't know. If, I mean, I can't imagine that would be in their heads, but I, I guess it's possible. I, I just think some of these guys get a little spooked by the whole, oh, it could affect your – it could affect because, you know, there's been stories about how guys have been affected – after they've been in the Derby in the second half of the year, things like that. And there have also been guys who've stayed on their pace and or increased their pace going forward. So it it kind of counterbalances itself. Um, Let me ask you about Otani and the Angels. Uh, They're getting Mike Trapp back soon enough. They've been able to hang in as a 500 team. Some people suggested that they could be a uh, playoff contender this year, maybe wild card. Um, I thought that was a little overstated at the start of the year, but they, they have hung in without Trout, and I'll give them credit for that. 
And I guess they've got pitching on the way because they had 20 <laughs> picks in the draft and took 20 pitchers. John Harper, you've been doing this for a long time. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Never, never. That is unprecedented. I was talking to a scout who was just kind of howling hysterically about that. Just, I mean, listen, he, he said, hey, I, I kind of give him credit because they've tried everything else and they can never seem to find enough pitching, so <laughs> why not? You know, if ever you talk about drafting for need, man, uh, that, maybe it'll work out for them. You know, you throw enough stuff at the wall, maybe some of it sticks because they don't seem to be able to find it in any other way. This has been their – I mean, it's, and it's a shame, especially – it was bad enough we didn't see Trout. We haven't seen Trout in the postseason except for that one time. And now uh, Otani looks like he could be a victim of the same fate. This is a team that you'd want to showcase just about any team in baseball in October, and uh, it's probably not going to happen again this year. Last thing, uh, I know it's not a team you cover every single day, but you look at the whole uh, league and the whole game. I got to admit, I was wrong. I thought signing Tony La Russa at his advanced age was not only a gamble but a mistake by the White Sox. And I liked their team coming into the year, the roster they put together. I just didn't know if La Russa was going to be able to manage it. Hey, they're running away and hiding in the American League Central. And, again, I don't watch the White Sox on a day-in, day-out basis. I'm not in their clubhouse at all. But the Russo must be doing something right because they're going to be able to cruise to a postseason berth, something the White Sox haven't gotten in a while. Uh, have you heard from anybody? Talk to any of your Chicago sources. How has it worked for La Russa in Chicago this year? Uh, you know, it's, it seems like it's worked kind of the way a lot of people thought it would. I think, I think you and I might have had this discussion uh, back maybe earlier in the season or back at the beginning of the season. I actually thought it had a chance because I just said, look, LaRusso, you can say maybe he's out of touch in some, in some ways, and we saw the whole controversy over uh, this guy swinging at, at, what, the 3-0 pitch or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, in the blowout. Uh, but don't, don't I, said, I think I said at the time, don't forget this guy, nobody – goes to bat for his players over the years more than Tony Belusa. You know, his famous saying, you hit one of my guys, I'm going to hit two of yours. That was his kind of his motto. He would always do that, and he would always, he would get in fights with the media uh, to, when, it came, when it came to any kind, any kind of criticism of his players. He was always the guy there backing his players. Uh, so I think, I think that, more than anything, is probably what carries the day there. And I think he's not afraid of have, having... Uh, Players criticize him in his own clubhouse, and at least that's what uh, I've been told. And he's he, he's going to run things the way he wants to. If you want to have your say with him, that's fine. Uh, but when when push comes to shove, he's still going to have your back in that clubhouse. And I think that's what it comes down to. And he knows how to. He look. He knows he knows the game inside out. He knows how to manage. I don't, I don't think that changes. And uh, other than that, other than that early season. Uh, problem with the with the hitter with the guy i forget who, who it was but hitting the 3-0 count there hasn't really been anything there and they they've played through injuries they've played really well and uh larusa looks like uh he's got a chance to maybe uh, to go ahead and try, maybe win another championship because the you know the american league is kind of wide open it looks like right Ian we could win manager of the year something that i did not see coming because yeah if you and i discussed it earlier and you said Oh, I think it could work. I would have disagreed with you because I thought it was going to be a potential disaster. Give Mr. LaRusso a ton of credit. We give you credit for hopping on with us. John Harper, always good to get your insight. Thanks for doing it. I'll get back to you again soon enough. Hey, sounds good, Jody. Good talking to you. John Harper, uh, been covering all of Major League Baseball for decades, uh, doing it for SNY, the uh, TV outlet here in New York that carries uh, the Mets. All right, Jody Mac coming back. 
We'll uh, stick with the baseball. If you want to jump back over to uh, the hoops, we can. Um, yes, game three is still ongoing. We got about three minutes to go. The Bucks have a lead. Uh, the Suns have cut into it somewhat, um, but the uh, Bucks still have the lead with about two minutes to go. They're going to have to go to an instant replay to see who the ball went out of. Yeah, key element, key juncture of the game. Uh, they're going to try and get this one right. All right, coming back, reopening my phones, 855-212-4227. You want to tweet the show, send it to me, at Jody McMahon, J-O-D-Y-M-A-C-M-A-N. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.